Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Super Travel Experience Podcast. This is episode 25, and welcome. Thank you for joining me. Right now, we have a special guest. I'm sitting here in Santa Monica by the pier, sitting with my friend, Larry. Larry has traveled to 99 countries and and territories that definitely counts, and uh, really wanted to hear about the the Egypt uh, experience that he had, that, that scary experience, and uh, let's talk about his whole trip. So, Larry, uh, so if there's background noise, it's because we're sitting at the beach and there's a lot of people around. And so, Larry, so tell us about that trip that led up to Egypt. What uh, trip were you on? You were like doing like 10 countries. What, what was going on there? Uh, let's see, started in um, Paris, uh, from Paris to Wales sporting events women's world cup and uh cricket world cup and then came back so you like to travel uh with all the sports events yes right? mostly not always but i mean i go to a lot of the sites as well but around one or two sports events and got back to uh, paris did some sightseeing and flew to germany and then on to brazil um Holy smokes, that's a lot. And then flew back across the Atlantic on Lufthansa, the same airline. And uh, came back and uh, back to southern France and then on to the Balkans. Hey, Larry, can you speak up just a yeah. hair? so just... I went on to the Balkans from southern France. <clears throat> the Balkans from southern France. Is that is that where I met you in uh, Romania? Yes. Right around that time, right? Yeah, that I was from Kosovo on a bus about... I don't know, like 10 to 12 hours uh, from 8, well, 8 in the morning to 7.30 in the evening from uh, Kotor, uh, Montenegro to, what was it, uh, Belgrade. And then Belgrade was at the Cluj? And then I flew from Belgrade to Cluj and met you for your race. And that was when uh, we spent a few days. That's when your bike, your seat, yeah. you know, that adventure yeah that took me like two months to get a refund i finally got a refund for that bike though but it took me like oh, talking yeah. to five people and like two months and that's uh one of the quotes or uh the, the sayings of of the this year for me was persistence perseverance overcomes all, all obstacles yeah so that that helped me that was a lesson in that regard so that was pretty interesting and then after after we met in romania uh where'd you where'd you head off after that um Back, uh, flew in to Kosovo and then on to Albania. Took a series of buses and trains from Albania through Macedonia, down onto Greece, to Athens. Now, all those countries and, and places, was there any any experience that stood out? They're all pretty safe, right? Did, did you talk about like going through a border one time where there was like non-existent? Was that like through uh, Serbia or? one of those countries um oh yeah that's right where well, they didn't even do a customs check they just took the passport and they handed it back so quickly i thought they didn't there's no way they stamped this the guy in the bus like the guy who's like takes the collects the money yeah while the bus is in motion uh, what border was was oh, that? that was kosovo going into albania kosovo to albania and then albania uh, leading to uh, what do you want to call it? Um, Macedonia. On the way, you know, there were the drug checkpoints and, and the same thing, the passport thing, but they never stamped it. 
for both those times. It's strange. I looked thoroughly through all the pages. I they didn't stamp this. That worries me. Am I even authorized to be here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes you nervous. But right? it was fine. So. So, and um, one second, one second. All right, great job. We got runners coming in. <laughs> All right, and then after, uh, what did you say? You went to Athens, that's where we left off. And then and then what was after uh, Athens, Greece? Yeah, um, and then I flew to uh, Alexandria, Egypt. Alexandria, that's along the coast, huh? Yes. Did you go, happen to go to Luxor? Yeah, so I did go there later. And how, how was Luxor? They say it was like the it Paris... It was 107 degrees. It was like Las Vegas. Oh, man. In the heart of summer. But still, you had a very few tourists. In fact, all the hawkers and people trying to give you horse rides and Nile cruises and all that were everywhere just constantly harassing. And it kind of gives you a headache after a while, doesn't really it? Annoying. Especially when you're tired and stuff. That's how it was at, the by heat, the pyramids. Yeah. By the pyramids, same way. Yeah. It's like... And that was really annoying. I had to constantly tell people, no, no, no. And they would follow me for blocks sometimes. And just almost one guy got in my way with his horse. I really need the money. I really like, and so do I. My money's extremely <laughs> yeah. tight. I could pay you and not have my bus trip or whatever onto the next city or something. I'm sorry. And I have to get to say that. But I had to budget my money extremely carefully. <clears throat> and pass up souvenirs sometimes or get the cheapest souvenir possible. Yeah, so, it's uh, definitely understandable. But I, I passed up a lot of that stuff just to stay inside the hotel sometimes because it's so brutally hot, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, when I was at the Taj Mahal, I was drenched in like five minutes of walking outside. It was so right. hot. Was it humid at that time too? No, at it was just dry heat. Just when dry I was heat. in China about six weeks ago, I guess it's two months ago now, it was incredibly high humidity, and my shirt was drenched just walking around, just like yours. It was in the upper 90s with humidity to rival that, and 90-something percent. It was unbearable. What part of China was that? She, both Shenzhen and Guangzhou. Shenzhen and Guangzhou. It was unbearable humidity, and I, even though I prefer humidity to the ice cold, but still, even by my standards, it was just not... It was extremely uncomfortable, like Miami in the heart of summer, during midday. Or oh yeah, Miami's yeah. rough. Or I did a I did a 5K there uh, earlier this this year actually, and it was it was really hot and humid. Uh -huh. And uh, I think uh, I ran a lot slower, but like you're good for like a half a mile, maybe a mile. But after that, you're like, oh man, it hits you like a ton of bricks. It's just like, boom. It's right. Just, you're like, by the last mile, you're like, <gasps> you're like, I can't you breathe. Can do it in the day, yeah. In the, in the early morning or late evening, no. Then it's all right. Then it's better, in huh? In the day, it just sucks the life out of you. Yeah, and and so Alexandria, is that where uh, where that incident no, occurred? No, that no? was um, down the, near the Suez Canal. I took a long-distance bus. And long distance taxi that took more than an hour. It took forever to get there. And, uh, where I was going south of, uh, what do you call it? I can't remember the name. Ismailea. Like an hour south of Ismailea near the, near the Suez Canal. Where, where is the Su Suez Canal? Is that south? Southeast? The Sinai. It separates the Sinai from peninsula from the mainland. So it was 
a lot of open desert, but also a lot of like date palms and, and marshes and stuff like that near the near the Nile River. Well, the Nile, I guess the Nile River is on the other side, but toward uh, what do you call it, the Red Sea and and the um, Suez Canal. You could see all the container ships and tankers lined up to go through that canal. Yeah. What were you doing in Ismailia? So I was just in transit just on in my transit? way back to Cairo. Okay. Staying the night. Yeah. But it was the only place I found on Hotels.com. I would have preferred to stay in the city itself, but this place I was going was more than an hour. It was just going on forever in this taxi, an hour and 15 minutes. I thought, it said like 15 kilometers south of the city. No, this is way further than that. Oh, it was a lot <laughs> further than you thought. It. And the guy had to ask around how to yeah. get to this place when we finally got there. Um, and that's when uh, I got to the hotel and the hotel receptionist slash manager, whatever it was, was extremely rude. And he said he couldn't find my reservation, that I had no reservation there. I said, yes, I do. Here's my proof of my cell phone. Here's a screenshot of yeah. my reservation and the credit card. Uh, I mean, showed him my bank statement, you know, out of Bank of America. The money's been taken out. And he says, go. He says, call the taxi to come pick you up. I said, what? Oh, he didn't want you there. And I sort of started to say, okay. Yeah. And then I turned around. We called the taxi. The guy, he didn't answer. But I said, wait a minute. What am I calling the taxi to come pick me up for? I've just spent an hour and 15 minutes in it. And it took forever to get here. It's way late at night. Well, I mean, I've been on the road since since a late morning, early afternoon. And it was like after 8.30, 9, 9 o'clock. And it was like... Wait a minute, I'm gonna call a taxi to come pick me up when I prepay this hotel. So here's the bill. He said, You pay, you pay 56 US dollars right now. I said, I don't think, then I changed and I said, Are you kidding me? I'm declaring my rights. I yeah. paid, I prepaid this hotel. I'm not going anywhere. He's putting me up for the night. And is that how I much said, you? You solved this situation. It got really testy with this guy. He's like, He didn't want you there. He said, Go, get out. I said, No, you're gonna solve my situation. You get on the phone to your supervisor. And you solve it. So we called the, the guy in Cairo, who's a complete opposite, very helpful. So we found your reservation. I'm going to tell him to honor it and get you in your room. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> then when he hung up the phone, though, with his very um, understanding and professional supervisor. So he was talking to a supervisor. Yes. Did you get to talk to the supervisor? Yeah, that's yes, I did. So you I both said, did. Yes, and I said, thank you very much. That's the right thing. You did the right thing because I, I prepaid. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. How much did you prepay? Was it $56? No, it no. was $38 something. And that's why he objected. He said, this is cheaper than the regular oh, price. And so yeah. he was telling me, and I said, no, but here's the proof in both the website and my bank. Usually when you pre-book it, it is cheaper than if yeah, you go to the hotel. Yeah, that's why I did it. Which Hotels. is strange. Uh -huh. Which is strange. You would think the hotel would, you know, want to cut out the middleman and you know make it cheaper right. but it's it's strange right. how that works but uh, anyhow so once he hung up the phone he says okay okay you stay i'll take you to room but you leave at nine o'clock in the morning even though i knew the checkout time was 11. yeah and just because i was so sick of debating and arguing with this haggling with this guy i said you know what okay even though in my mind i said no i left i'm leaving at 11 or the time you know because uh -huh. i paid and i already went through all this forget that but I didn't tell him that because I didn't, you know, I just wanted to get to the hotel room. So, yeah, you're probably tired at this point with the so heat and everything. Were you tired? Well, and, not tired of traveling all day in, in taxis and buses. Or just annoyed that he was being both. rude yeah, and everything, Yeah, I wanted huh? to get away from this because yeah. 
was so it was like he didn't like America or didn't like I don't know because that's a place where you would I, maybe Americans don't, or Westerners don't go that off I have no idea but yeah. it's, it's so sounds like it and so unwelcome sounds like it's not a very popular tourist spot so they don't really well, I tried to put on that bad review but it said it didn't go through like air and I said you know whatever deserved one but yeah but whatever I got the room and I, I stayed but I felt so uncomfortable that I went to, there was no internet reception that was another thing so I wanted no to, Wi-Fi um, no Wi-Fi service no so None. I wanted to go out inside the road which is a long country road stretch it's like a mix of hotels and hamlets and and um, marsh and, and all this stuff in the like halfway in the middle of nowhere and halfway not but it was really dark there were no street lights about what walking, what time was this like some, eight like, nine it was after nine by after then. nine i went walking along this dark road mostly dark for any open restaurant or anywhere they'd have wi-fi and i'd just buy something like a drink or something to eat just so i could I was gonna tell you and a couple other people, I don't feel comfortable with this guy. I was gonna explain what happened and say, if anything happens to me, here's the address where I am. Yeah. And that's when I kept walking up and back and looking, but everything was closed. Hmm. So I would say salam, salam when I passed with people, but people were looking at me and talking whatever, smack or whatever in Arabic. I could hear the, the tone of anger. And that's when I, when I walked back and turned around, maybe to them was suspicious because to see an American in the middle of nowhere, do you, late at night. Um, do you think saying salam had anything to do with it? No, that's like the like, greeting, geez, right? Yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Like I say that. That's when all these guys just started coming out from all sides, and I started getting really worried. So I walked toward a building, and I said, "Does anybody around here speak English?" And by then, it was like somewhere between 12 to 15 dudes, and one guy had a machete. I was really scared for my life. I had to, I was making a choice. Do I bolt and go through this back gate where the where the um the the canal and the Red Sea not the Red Sea with the Gulf of whatever you call it was there. So, but obviously that would have been suspicious if I ran. So the, was, you're you're walking fast with a group yeah, of twelve away to from them, but they fifteen were people behind you. Slowly started to circle me. And know? and one guy's got a machete. Yeah, a young guy was young talking guy. whatever angrily in Arabic. Like yelling? Was he not yelling? yelling? Not yelling. Not quite. Saying something to you. And I was trying to explain. I was throwing to myself. I'm just looking for some internet reception. Yeah. You're probably freaking out at this time. Almost, not panicking, not quite. but I was thinking, what do I do? Do I drop to my knees and say, Allah Akbar, like God is great, peace oh, be with you, Salam, yeah. and all this stuff to, to show that I came in peace and I'm, I'm not, like I'm a total, maybe to, in their mind, an intruder in their neighborhood, a foreigner, you know, but, yeah. but um, in my mind, I, you know, I know my intentions are, are only good and just to get myself out of the situation and communicate back home. So right as they were about, I'd say 10 to 15 feet away, an mm -hmm. older man came and I was saying, I was saying, I kept repeating, I'm only here for the internet, I just need internet. And this older gentleman dressed in Arab, you know, traditional garb, uh, those long dress-like things to keep you cool in the heat, yeah. came up and grabbed the man in the shed by the wrist and whatever he said to him made him back off. And so, I just kept saying to him, thank you so much, thank you, and, um, and, and that's it. <laughs> and thank and bye. And, wow. And he, he just, he, and he kept saying sorry, so the older man. The older man Like an elder of the, of the community or whatever. Yeah. Like, he just kept saying sorry, sorry, and, and he said, don't worry about it, I said, okay. 
but I was almost shaking. I was, was so, so scared. Terrifying. You were scared, yeah. Oh yeah. You thought your uh, life was gonna end, or perhaps. You're gonna get yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I, I mean, part of me criticized myself, like, why was I in such a situation? And the other said, no, I need to, I was in a situation with a hotel manager where I didn't know. I mean, it's not very far from where they've had this ISIS insurgency on the, across the strait on the Sinai Peninsula. I don't know his intentions. I don't know if he's contacting because he made all these calls and he took a photo of my passport. So that's what kind of freaked me out. I don't know who he's sending it to. Oh, I mean, yeah, so that's yeah. why I went looking for help. I still felt so uncomfortable with him. He has all your information. That, I mean, going back to that situation. Yeah. And, but I mean, a bad situation became almost worse almost instantly. Almost. Uh, so then yeah. I got back to the hotel. I was fortunate. I was, my heart was thumping. I was like really freaked out by then. Went back to the hotel room and I, I shoved the, the bed and some furniture I put on it in front of the <laughs> door and locked it. Cause I, and I was ex I was all paranoid by then thinking I'd get a knock on the door in the middle of the night. I don't know. I just have that <coughs> shining moment with I wake up in the morning with Jack Nicholson and an axe. You know, putting I don't this. know, but <laughs> ended up being fine and got a ride back, bunch of rides back to Cairo the next day. Did you see that same guy in the morning? No. No. I take that back. I did. You mean the, the hotel um, guy? Yeah, yeah, the rude, the rude guy. The yes, but he didn't say a word. And I just, I left at eleven, not nine. Okay, that's good. That's. <laughs> I good. went for a morning jog, and the sciatica that I had at the time was bothering me, but I just forced myself through it. You know. Was jog. that the scariest situation you've ever had? No. No. What was the scariest? Was that? It comes pretty close, so it's got it. Yeah. Right? Couple situations in Puerto Rico, oh, yeah, once yeah, Port in Mexico, but I'll tell you about that some other time. That's you were another. you were mugged in Puerto Rico, yeah, right? That was 28, 20, yeah, 28 years ago. That was even scarier. But you were I'm, you were beat up and everything. Yeah, I fight my way out of a bad situation. Whoa! I'd rather forget about that one. What would you recommend as a travel tip for safety if someone's traveling? What, to know your surroundings, to like yeah, what, what, always. Be in contact with home and let people know the address. They say do that anyway, check in with the embassy. But of course, in Puerto Rico, there is one. So yeah. Let people know your exact address. Be careful of strangers. Be super careful who you make so-called friends with that meet you. That oh, they seem so nice. They would Egypt. never hurt me. No, no, Egypt. not necessarily. Yeah. People pull scams all the time and trap you in situations. So although there are plenty of good people, but on the flip side of that situation. Are we still being recorded here? Yeah, yeah, On the flip yes. side of that situation, when I was in um, Luxor, there were two um, Egyptians that gave me long-distance um, rides on their motorcycle, both coming and going to the airport because I'd forgotten ah. something back at the hotel. Yeah. So I had to go all the way back to town. I was going to walk it, but I had all the way to the next... My flight was until the next morning. Because I didn't want to wake up at 4 in the morning to go to my flight. I said, you know what, I'll just spend the night in the airport just sitting there. Because most airports let you, but this one didn't. They said, no, you have to stay outside the terminal. Oh, the Luxor so, airport? Yes. Yeah, so I, I was going to do it. And I said, then I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot my France jacket. I'm going to go back and get it. There's no way. That was that was like a gift to me. So, so no, I went back to get it. And then on the way walking, a um, young Egyptian guy saw me and said, hop on. You know, he pulled up alongside me. And then coming back, there was an elderly, well, not elderly, middle-aged that did the same thing so it's like the total flip side so when i came back 
Some people I talk with started talking trash about Muslims, like just because I went into see, just like blaming them and says, instead of saying, I'm so glad you're okay, you're just talking, it's like, no. You can't judge one culture and a whole culture by, by the actions of, of a small group of people. Like, I, good and bad and everywhere. I, I thought of so, Egypt as a land of extremes. Extremely nice, but also right. kind of extremely, uh, sometimes not nice or extremely, uh, I don't know how to explain it, uh, like like pushy. Like pushy, like they're, they try well, to... Oh, God, that was... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the same Luxor, right? You have that element the, that just, oh, it followed me. It's yeah, like it's in the land of extremes. And like the they were in the heat, because it was hard to... The heat was so... But I understand... I mean, I just think that they need some alternative form of... Um, of income they can't be so dependent on tourism yeah like agriculture making things whatever because they just sit around waiting for tourists all day you it's say slow season that's no matter how many times you say no it's like they still keep asking but i can it. totally oh. i can from their point of view just not i mean if they allow themselves to be so dependent on tourism i mean if we were in the same situation we'd probably do the same if yeah paying your rent or eating or paying all your expenses depending on on, on um someone riding your horse or, or jumping on your boat to go cruise the Nile. Or, I mean, I can kind of understand it, but from our point of view, they need to hold, hold on and hoard our dollars. And, you know? It's an extremely cheap country, too. Everything's cheap. The yeah. food's cheap, everything. So, yeah, they're just trying to get yeah. whatever they can, you know? Right. Uh, so, so, um, so that was the flip side of the culture. I didn't hold it against those people, even the, the machete. I can tell... I mean... One hand, I can kind of see someone who's a total foreigner. They never have foreigners going to a remote area like that in the middle of the night. They're like, what the heck is this guy doing here? Yeah. So, fortunately, it ended well, and the guy intervened. <laughs> I felt it was like grace from God or whatever. It, it kind of was. God, yeah. For me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know? Anyhow, so it ended well, and most things went well on the three-month trip, you know. What, where else did you go after uh, after Athens, Egypt? I flew back through Greece to southern France, spent a week there, and then flew back to Brazil for a second time, and then on to Peru. How long was that total trip that you were um, that you were on? Three months. How many countries? You hit like ten countries then? Seventeen, I think. Seventeen countries. Yeah. Well, actually, three in France. So really, Whoa, like fourteen or 15. fourteen countries in three months. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Yeah, but you're also impressive. When <laughs> oh. I talked to people about you, I said, he pretty much lives, does all these races and gets his income from just to be able to travel yeah, and yeah. go to these exotic places like once a month, once every six weeks at the most. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm, I have to wait for my vacations and till the, you know, the teachers' vacations in summer or, or, or Thanksgiving if we have nine days off. And, or um, Christmas, New Year's, and you're able to fly so frequently. Well, I there was they set it up. There was a Norwegian uh, uh, deal, and I hit like I got the deal. It was like 270 maybe for a round wow. trip, or maybe 300 for a round trip wow. to uh, to Europe from That's LA. Insane. And I got like I got like three of those. I got like right, maybe me. four. I don't remember, but I I booked I booked one like every month. I'm wow. kind of like not regretting it but kind of like oh man i don't want to go so much now because i gotta fly tonight in a few hours to the middle east first to doha and then the Chennai, india which which i'm happy i get to stay there for six days and, and you know it gets tiring when you're changing countries or having to pack every day that's where it gets it starts to get tiring yeah, but if you see that you get comfortable in a place and you don't want to leave all the repack yeah but but if you're in one place for for a little bit longer it's 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 much nicer 
It's much nicer. Right, no, I appreciate that, yeah. There was a lot of times I was in a day here, a day there. It's grueling, but... But you also knew what you're getting yourself into, so... So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a... A bunch of people walking around right now, and I mean the Venice Santa Monica area is not the not the best for uh, a lot of let's just say a lot of homeless and uh, mental health issues that that ha that go on, which is a, a weird kind of dichotomy because there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, like wealth as well, like uh, movie stars and stuff will walk around. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger was here last week, same spot where Arnold. Saw him? Yeah, yeah, 9 a.m. last week on Sunday. Wow. And uh, this is where um, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, right right up there about you know 50 meters, they announced their new uh, Bad Boys movie. You saw them as well. I didn't see them, oh. but I saw them, uh, <laughs> the video of it, and it was just basically right there, not far from us. And, and when they have all these different awards uh, things going on in LA, downtown LA. A lot of the movie stars and famous people will stay here by the beach. And I saw like Maggie Gyllenhaal and I don't know that is. there's I'm famous sorry. runners and uh, all, all sorts of all sorts of people. You you name it, they're uh, they're down here. And uh, I saw Jose Canseco years ago I back remember. down there in Venice. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite baseball players. I thought you didn't follow growing sports up. that much. That was like when I was a kid though, growing oh. up, I used to love Jose Canseco. Huh? I, I made a mistake. I uh, I bought all his baseball cards when I was a kid and now they're worth like nothing. Do you, do you know that he <laughs> blew his arm out pitching? Oh, he did, huh? Yeah, he's, I mean, what, what was his position? Was he a DH? He, he a hitter or no, he was like an outfielder. Right. Yeah, so yeah, and maybe his arm, they they put him in the ball game as a pitcher, and within a few pitches, which is not surprising, it's completely predictable. Yeah, that an outfielder yeah. switching to a pitcher all of a sudden because he was a pitcher in his youth or something, all of a sudden he's gonna blow out his arm. I mean, come on, it wasn't a very really smart decision by the manager. Was that in uh, the Oakland A's when he was yeah, with the Oakland A's? I believe so. I'll have to look that up. There's a story of, like. All the reason, like, don't put an infielder or an outfielder to pitch a ball game. And the pitcher is, they're conditioned to do that. It is stressful enough on a regular pitcher. But yeah. now, are you kidding me? An outfielder, infielder? Anyway, yeah, I don't I, know if we're boring your listeners with what we're talking about. Now, now some people stuff. are interested in uh, sports. Probably not Jose Canseco. Yeah. But uh, when I lived in Long Beach, I used to watch him play for the minor league team, uh, the Long Beach minor league team, and he was pitching. And Wait. someone hit a home run off of him. And I remember I was in the outfield, and someone caught it, and I was like, oh, can I, can I buy that baseball from you? And did you? No, they wouldn't sell it to oh, me. Wow. I was like, I'll give you 20 bucks for it. But... Because he was my favorite baseball player as a kid, so it was kind of a, a wow. you know, a, a memento if, if I could get it, but I never got it. Oh, so you were I, not watching the World Series just a few days ago, were you? No, actually, yeah. Mr. Gray won, dude. That Nationals won? Nationals won? Yeah, that's, four that's games to three. all I saw in the headlines. But what, not only was it the first World Series for Washington in 95 years under a different name and franchise, it was the first time in sports history in almost 150 years of sports that the home team lost all seven games. They just set a record where they hit six, which is unthinkable. I mean, not people who watch sports can think that the home team loses all of the games that are host. That's, that's mind-blowing. Who did the Nationals play? The Astros. Astros. What was Washington's old name? 
before the, the Nationals. Senators. Senators? Until, huh. like, 1960 or something. And, and then they changed from the 60s to... They, uh, they just folded. They folded. The franchise went under, and then the, they had an expansion team in Montreal. This, and then when they moved from Montreal, they became the Nationals. Team Eagle One is running by. These guys are training to be Navy SEALs. Good job, guys. Keep it up. Good job. Good job. All right, these guys are Team Eagle One. That's and pretty cool. Running in boots. Yeah, running in boots and uh, camouflage bottoms and uh, white shirt that says Team Eagle One. So good luck to those guys uh, for the Navy SEALs one day. They're like pre-Navy SEALs, you know. <laughs> well, anyway, I gotta go because I'm gonna watch football and go out to the valley and do some stuff. All right. Cool. Thanks, Larry. Uh, we gotta get some more. Up another day on another topic. Yeah, we gotta get some more stories and. Uh, Take care, Larry. Thanks, Thanks for joining me. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining me in this episode, episode 25, Super Travel Experience. That was with uh, Larry. And uh, take care, guys. Have a great day. Be well, live well, and live your best life. Thank you for joining me. Take care. And uh, that's it. All right. Another beautiful day in Southern California. Have a beautiful day, guys. All right. What would you say to this calf is bothering me, anti-inflammatories, like no stretching, right? The stretching all act.